Hello and welcome to the Katie Helper Show. On this episode, we talk about the Oscar-nominated movies that Gabe and I have seen, have liked, have not liked, have not seen. And then I speak to Aditi Natasha Kinney, a writer for places like Jezebel, Vice, Teen Vogue, The Root, Bitch Media, and The Week, about an article she wrote at The Week about Lady Bird and the white mediocrity of the film. Something I agree with. It's a, it's a hot take that I share. And you can find out more about Aditi at Nan Sequiturs, that's N-A-N-S-E-Q-U-I-T-U-R-S on Twitter. Non Sequiturs. I get it. Not non Sequiturs, but non with an A. To hear the rest of my interview with Aditi, as well as a discussion that Gabe and I have about the Golden Globes, please become Patreon supporters at patreon.com slash thekatiehelpershow. Again, that's patreon.com slash thekatiehelpershow. I don't know if you saw any of the movies that were nominated. Um, who's got the time or the money to go and pay 15 to $20 to go see a movie uh, in the theater in New York City unless you're getting tickets uh, through... Movie Pass. Yeah, Movie Pass. I guess that's the way to do it. I just signed up for that. Have you been doing that? I'm not. Not a, not yet. Not, not yet. yet. Hey, they got to sponsor me if exactly. they want me to talk Give about it. Give us some them. money if you want us to talk about it or else you get, you get bleeped out of the show. We're going to yeah, give you so, one free so, announcement before you get bleeped. Yeah, so Katie, you're using a, a service that, that shall not be named to yeah, help exactly. you see all of these movies? Yeah. Well, maybe we give them one chance because they have to hear us offering it to them, right? Sure. Yeah. All right. We'll figure it out. Gabe, you and I will have a meeting with our business uh, manager who doesn't exist yet, but in our hearts he does. I saw The Shape of Water. I saw Get Out. I saw Lady Bird. Um, I saw, I saw, uh, three billboards. Uh, I think those are basically it. I saw Get Out. It was pretty good. I, you know, I don't know if it was a thriller. I don't know if it was a comedy. It's kind of a mix of all these right. things. It reminded me of like a Polanski film. I know we shouldn't say his name, but. Eh, what are you going to do? It reminded me of sort of like that, uh, Rosemary's Baby type thriller. Huh. his father he came up from hell and begat a son of mortal woman hail satan hail satan right um slightly funnier than rosemary's baby yeah sure i mean i i guess it depends on who the audience is uh but i think both things are terrifying uh getting your your uh, brain scrambled to right. become a a slave or uh right. having the devil rape you yeah it's a sophie's choice of of sorts <laughs> Right. Both are terrible. Right. Um, mm-hmm. Katie Hel- the Katie Helper Show unequivocally comes out against both of those things. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We vote no to, to both of those things. To, to, to force surgery, brain scrambling. So look, I go do my research. Apparently a whole bunch of brothers been missing in this suburb. And uh, devil rape. Of all the women in the whole world, he chose you because he wanted you to be the mother of his only living son. His power is stronger than stronger. Oh, man. I didn't see any of these movies. You didn't uh, see three. Except uh, Get Out. Yeah, yeah, so Get Out, yeah. Three three billboards I actually really liked. What's along what you can and cannot say on a billboard? I assume you can't say nothing defamatory and you can't say fuck, piss, or cunt. That right? Or anus? I think I'll be all right then. So, Mr. 
Mildred Hayes, why did you put up these billboards? My daughter Angela was murdered seven months ago. It seems to me the police department is too busy torturing black folks to solve actual crime. What the hell is this? I really like uh, Get Out. I really like The Shape of Water. If I told you about her, the princess without voice, what would I say? Definitely see it in um, the theaters. Yeah, it's great. It's beautiful. It's by Guillermo del Toro, who did um, Pan's Labyrinth and The Devil's Backbone. I actually like The Devil's Backbone more than Pan's Labyrinth. Now, I got to say something I didn't like, not going to lie, was Lady Bird. I hate California. I want to go to the East Coast. I want to go where culture is, like How New in the York. World did I race or at least snow. Connecticut or New Hampshire, where writers live in the woods. Get into those schools anyway. Mom! You should just go to City College. You know, with your work ethic, just go to City College and then to jail, and then back to City College, and then maybe you'd learn to pull yourself up and not expect everybody to do everything. Just couldn't, just couldn't. I tried. I liked it okay-ish, but you know what happened, Gabe? is that I saw the movie after hearing this, like, total consensus of positive reviews, right? Like, no one said anything bad about it. This, the like praise... it was getting the, the praise and acclaim that, like, the latest Beyonce album might get? Is that what you're getting at? Basically, yeah. Just no- nothing but uncritical, uh, slavish uh, accolades. Yes, exactly. Um and I expected to like it. I didn't go in like being like, I'm going to have a hot take where I dislike the film or, or how can I disrupt the, uh, the dominant hege- hegemonic narrative right here. But uh, nope, I didn't, I didn't like it at all. And I don't know how much I would have disliked it had I not heard it was so great. So is it a coming of age story of like a teenage girl? Yeah, it in is. In Texas? Yeah. Is that is that what it is? Is it in Texas? No, I think it's California. I just thought Lady Bird, like Lady Bird Johnson. Oh right, like, good, you good. know, that so was that was just yeah. where I was coming from. Lady Bird, is that your given name? Yeah. Why is it in quotes? I gave it to myself. It's given to me by me. From no. I don't know. I, I don't it, know anything about it. It wasn't there, it. but that's a good yeah. <laughs> the right. film wasn't marketed to me. There are no uh, lightsabers in it. Um, right. You know. No one, no one has magical powers, so I wasn't really. It wasn't on my top ten list of things to see. And then when I thought coming of age movie, I was like, haven't I already been fooled into seeing one of these when I saw Boyhood? Like uh. that. Why would I? I didn't feel like going through the same thing again. Oh, okay. You were you. So you're still not over Boyhood. Once bitten, twice shy. Exactly. Yeah. I, I really I like Boyhood though. So imagine like Boyhood. You guys ready to have some fun? Yeah. yeah! But really bad. Okay. Yeah. And, and then you have it. But, uh, yeah, I really, I, I couldn't believe it. And then I had these friends. I was like, couldn't wait for them to see it because I knew that they, like like me, would would dislike them because we always agree on stuff. No, they all liked it, too. And it wasn't just appreciated by young white women. Like, it wasn't just appreciated by people who are similar to the character. But, you know, have, I don't know if you saw Francis Ha. Uh, I haven't seen that one either. Okay, that's a good, that, that's good. Like, I don't know if you should run out and see it, Gabe, if I'm being honest. I don't know if that should be your top priority, but it's good. And it has a similar thing to this. That's by Noah Baumbach. He's like, he's like the king of, uh, of, uh, Park Slope Mumblecore. Yeah, exactly. He uh, did family the, dramas. Yeah, the squid and the whale. That was excellent. So, uh, Greta Gerwig was in Francis Ha and it's a similar, similar in that it's about a young woman and she's not oh, totally likable. 
Have you ever done where you play fight? I don't want to. Oh, it's super fun. But she's kind of likable. Oh, sorry, you have to like fight back. Stop it. I said stop. Oh, so sorry. Well, she's complex, right? The problem for me with Lady Bird is that I didn't like her at all. Like, I didn't want to hear about her. I didn't want to hear her. I didn't want to see her. I, uh, I had absolutely no interest. So uh, Greta Gerwig, who directed Lady Bird, if she had cast herself, I maybe would have enjoyed it. But this was just, I couldn't, yeah, I just didn't. And it's funny, it's like I tricked myself into liking it for the beginning, for like the opening. And then there's a scene in it, I don't want to give it away too much, but uh, it, it doesn't give away too much of a plot. There's a scene where the a gym teacher takes over as the drama teacher, or as the director of a play. And he does this thing where he gives stage directions as if they're sports moves, sports plays. He's like, so then you guys go down the front, and then you pass it to that guy, and then you you bring it all the way home. And it was really not funny, that part. It was really, right. like, cliched, over the top. And I that was, like, a freeing moment for me, though, because then I turned to my friend, and I was like, I kind of think this movie isn't so good. And he was like, yeah, I don't like it. And I was like, oh, my God. Like, a weight had been lifted off my chest. I didn't even realize, Gabe, at the time, that I had been, like, trying to like it. Right. And then the spell was broken by that one thing. And then you realized that everything that you'd been watching up to that moment was uh, was not for you. Yeah, it wasn't. It just wasn't. And it wasn't really bad. It just wasn't as good as everyone said. And if I it would have been like a great student film. And it does raise an interesting question of um, like context. Right. Because, you know, years ago when Forrest Gump came out. I saw Forrest Gump when I was at camp. I don't remember if I was a camper or a counselor, but I saw Forrest Gump. And I thought it was a great movie. It just a quirky, cute, had a kind of indie feel to it. Loved it. Really loved it. And then I, I remember when I was back from summer camp, I guess that fall, someone said to me that it was going to be nominated for an Oscar. I was like, are you kidding? What are you doing? You're totally wrong. There's no way this film is getting nominated for an Oscar. This isn't Oscar material. And of course, it was nominated for tons of Oscars. It won Oscars. And at that point, I, I didn't like it because... As a quirky, cute, little kind of whimsical, absurd film that doesn't take itself seriously as a teller of uh, American history and political history, uh, it's great. When you look to it as a kind of epic uh, historical fiction piece, oof, I think it starts to be it starts to suck. Right. When it starts getting self-important, you're yeah. like, wait a minute. This, uh, I'm sorry. This movie was a great jump off for bubblegum shrimp. Lemon shrimp, coconut shrimp, pepper shrimp, shrimp soup, shrimp stew, shrimp salad, shrimp and potatoes, shrimp burger, shrimp sandwich. Yes. That's about it. But it's not, you don't need to watch this movie if you, if you want an in-depth take on a uh, real, um, sort of the, the drama of the last uh, 60 years of American history. Jenny and me was just like peas and carrots again. She showed me around and even introduced me to some of her new friends. This is my good friend I told you about. This is Forrest Gump. Forrest, this is Wesley. Wesley and I live together in Berkeley and he's the president of the Berkeley chapter of SDS. Let me tell you something else. We are here to offer protection and help for all those who need our help. Because we, the Black Panthers, are against the war in Vietnam. Yes. Right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I felt like it was a self-congratulatory, like, pat on the back for baby boomers. Mm. Also, Jenny, like, uh, gives, for, like, sleeps with Forrest Gump when she, it might be HIV positive, dying of AIDS, and, right. like, doesn't tell him. 
Yeah, that, they that wasn't they cool. They don't say exactly what it is she's got, but But like, it's implied, yeah. Forrest, I'm sick. What, do you have a cough due to cold? I have some kind of virus, and the, the doctors don't, they don't know what it is, and there isn't anything they can do about it. Yeah. Yeah, so I think about that. Yeah. Um, you know, having grown up in the, uh, the AIDS uh, era of um, paranoia and uh, the sort of being, uh, having safe sex, uh, hammered into my head as a child uh, i couldn't get over that one scene in the movie right i guess love does funny things to people look at forrest gump hi forrest now that i have the most contagious and incurable disease known to mankind i'll finally have pity sex with you okay jenny and i'll mow the grass and raise the aids baby also it's a little weird that like he's <laughs> not developmentally i mean it's kind of rapish maybe okay Right, right, right. Well, you're saying uh, if you, if well, you he's um, meant make he... love with someone who is uh, a, a men is not all there cognitively, yeah. yeah, it's rape. Yes, that's what you're getting at. Yeah. So people should take IQ tests before they have sex. Mm. And you're only able to have consensual sex with someone who has a similar IQ yeah. to yours. Yeah, you have to be but in that range. If their IQ is too much higher than yours, they're taking advantage of you. And if you have sex with someone whose IQ is lower than yours, you're taking advantage of them. Right. Right. Yeah. I it, 100% agree with that. Yeah. All right. I like it. Yeah. Um, so this, it's almost like breeding IQ eugenics is what right. you're talking about. Well, what you're what gay about is all about. That's At the what end this of the show is yeah. all about. That's what we try to do. Yeah. But yeah, the Golden Globes happened. And so I tweeted, get out losing to the white mediocrity that is Lady Bird is basically the plot of get out. You know what? I have to say something. I really don't like this term, white mediocrity, but I couldn't help using it. And uh, a lot of my usual fans on Twitter were very upset by that. (laughs) Yeah. And they thought I was virtue signaling, which is funny because I really don't ever, ever, ever do that at all. I do not virtue signal. And I get the like, I I get how it could seem performative and annoying. Yeah, there's been a. It's just. It seems like it's really heated right now on Twitter and on Facebook. Uh, people have a lot of opinions about oh, all these things. Yes, and then this this comedian, Doug Benson, who apparently gets high a lot, he was very offended by it, uh, and he had this real zinger of a tweet where he said to me, "Hey, guess what? Many people admire both Get Out and Lady Bird," which. I never said they didn't. Yeah, I think so you can like both. Response. It's like you can like the Stones and the Beatles. Yeah, exactly. And I never said that they didn't like those two. It was so weird. Well, so you were basically just saying that Get Out should have won. Yes. And that I do think that like they're not like black filmmakers can't really make like I, I feel like a black filmmaker couldn't really make a film like that. Lady Bird. Like their films have to be black or about race or racism. Uh, or they have to be like biopics, or they have to be something. There, there are a bunch of different tropes that they can fit into. So I feel like a movie like Lady Bird would never have even been made if it weren't yes. by a white person. Uh, at the same time, I think, it, yeah, but I, I, yeah, and I just thought Get Out was really good. Um, I, I thought, oh, it was really scary. But it's true. I don't know. I, and I thought it was cool that it didn't really fit into one genre. Right. Yeah. Um, there's actually a really cool, did you ever see this BuzzFeed piece about, um, things in, in like secrets hidden in, in Get Out? No. All right. Can I share some of them with you? Please. All right. 
uh, well, one isn't in the is not in there, but apparently the dad I think keeps talking about black mold that he can't get rid of in the uh, in the basement. So that's one that didn't make the list, but someone just mentioned that to me. But okay, so Rose isn't actually sticking up for Chris when she argues with the cop about showing ID. She's avoiding a paper trail. Had the cop run both their licenses, there would have been a record that Chris and Rose were together before his eventual disappearance. I don't know if you remember that part, Gabe, but uh, they get pulled over. The cop asks for his ID, and Rose, who's the white, you know, romantic lead. Um, the white girlfriend. Strong jawline. Very strong jawline. She's also played by Brian Williams' daughter. Um, She gets in the cop's face and is like, he doesn't have to do that. He doesn't have to give you his ID. And the main character, uh, Chris, who's a young black man and and Rose is a young white woman, Chris is, is kind of like, finds that appealing and sexy that she's being like that. And I remember when I saw that, I was like, that is not realistic. I've seen this so many times when a white woman, like, trying to be a, a good ally does that, like, tries to defend her black male friend or black boyfriend. Uh, and every time I've seen that happen, the black boyfriend uh, is upset on some level because it's he's the one who's going to have to pay the, the, the fine or pay, you know, pay the price for that. Right, she's writing checks uh, with her her uh, wit. Right, that she doesn't have to cash. Yes, exactly. There's no consequences to her, um, you know, berating this cop. Right. She yeah exactly. So, but it makes sense in the narrative now because now we know why it happens, and also it makes sense because he's supposed to be naive, right? So the fact that he thinks that that's endearing is maybe a sign of his naivete. Then uh, after Rose and Chris hit the deer, Chris goes off to see if it's okay. Two things are happening here. It's the first introduction to the hit and run theme. And Chris shows empathy. Rose does not. Dean, he plays the father of Rose. Dean has a lot to say about how little he cares for deer and bucks. Black buck was a racist slur in post-Reconstruction America for black men who refused to bow to white authority. I didn't know that. Um, Georgina... uh, Let's see. I don't want to read too many of these if they give stuff away. I mean, we can also put the link in the comments. Yeah, we could. I guess we could do that. You're right. I just thought it was interesting. I thought maybe some of them were worth it. But uh, you're right. We'll just put it in in the comments. Um, But yeah, it's really good. I'll link to it. I don't usually like linking to BuzzFeed, but we'll do it. We'll do it for you guys. You too. know, every time there's an award ceremony, people get all like up in arms and they tweet about everything and it, it becomes a big deal. There's like a ton of think pieces. And I just remember the first time that Chris Rock um, hosted the Oscars. Mm-hmm. And to me, it was so funny because in one of the skits in between uh, the awards, he said, You often hear that Hollywood is out of touch with the rest of the country. So I decided to get out of Hollywood and talk to regular people about the movies. So I left the Kodak Theater and went down to the Magic Johnson Theater. Let's see what people in Harlem have been watching. Let's take a look. Uh, Let's see what their choices would be. And then he cuts to the Magic Johnson Theater. What was your favorite movie this year? Um, Alien vs. Predator. Now, what was your favorite movie last year? And people are like, Saw. Probably Saw. Saw. This guy was like, Riddick. I like the Chronicles of Riddick. What's your mo- favorite movie this year? Uh, I guess Chronicles of Riddick. It's pretty good. Chronicles of Riddick. Right. And they're like, well, do you have a second choice? What was your second favorite movie? No second favorite movie this year. So it just stops at Chronicles of Riddick? Yeah, it just stops at Chronicles of Riddick. And he's like, no, just Riddick. <laughs> he's a purist. <laughs> he's a purist. Yeah, so that just completely undercut the uh, grandiosity of the award ceremony. 
when like the common people don't care about these movies at all. Did you see Sideways? No. No, I didn't. No, I didn't. Did you see Finding Neverland? No. No. Did you see Million Dollar Baby? Didn't see that. No, I didn't. Did you see Million Dollar Baby? No, I sure didn't. I can't lie, and I'm not going to front these people out here and tell you, yeah, I've seen it. Did you see Aviator? No. No. Did you see The Aviator? Was that the dude that played in the beach? Yeah, the same guy from the beach. Did you see um, White Chicks? Oh, yeah, I love White Chicks. Yeah. Did you see White Chicks? Yes. I love that movie. Did you see White Chicks? Yeah, I've seen that. That was good. Yeah, so, you know, there's a lot of... um, self-importance put on these these uh these like it's all pageantry right for very wealthy people yeah it's weird though gabe like everyone i know loved it lady bird except for three people i know of who didn't like it uh and one of them i know someone else is someone's friend on facebook and someone else is someone who wrote a piece about it at uh the week we are talking to aditi natasha kinney who is a writer we are talking to Aditi about her piece at the week called Lady Bird's Glaring White Mediocrity. And uh, I was really excited to see this piece because I had used that phrase. Honestly, what happened was I saw Lady Bird and I really expected to, I expected to like it. I didn't go in wanting to be contrarian or have a hot take. Um, I thought I'd, I thought I'd be, I'd find it kind of adorable or sweet. Um, and I saw it with a, a friend and I, it was a real bonding experience for us, actually, because we we both kind of realized that we didn't like it, and it was a it was it was quite the bonding experience. And and uh, <laughs> he used the term white mediocrity during the movie, and I kind of rolled my eyes at it, and I was like, oh come on, we don't have to use that term. Not a, I, I became a, an annoying like not everything's about race, man. Um, mm-hmm. Although I really didn't like it, but for me, the moment that I realized I didn't like the movie was when. And this is such a random thing because I feel like I had been kind of like psyching myself into enjoying it. Uh, and this is not a terrible part of the movie, but it just it, it was when I don't know if you remember this, the gym teacher who replaces the I guess the father, the priest or the pastor. I don't know my Christianity very well. Apologies. Mm-hmm. But um, the gym teacher who, who becomes the drama teacher is giving instructions to the kids about like stage directions. And he gives them in a very obviously over the top sports uh move metaphors sports move directions so he's like then you guys go all the way the back and then you run it to the front and you're and i remember i was like this really is not funny and it's thinks it's really funny and that kind of like again it wasn't horrible it just broke the spell i was like oh now i'm allowed to acknowledge that i don't think this is a maybe i was like wait is this not a good movie and i think i turned to my friend i was like i don't really this is kind of annoying and he was like yeah this isn't a good movie and i like he i exhaled a, a breath of relief (laughs) um the spell was broken but yeah i mean there there's only so much that like it it, the movie itself um i found like entertaining in parts i wouldn't say that i laughed out loud um i don't know if i would classify it as a comedy at all and um that it like it made me question whether i even like coming of age stories because i found um the main character's um, angsty behavior so intolerable Mm -hmm. compared to everybody else who was pretty well written. Like, I love the mother, um, maybe because Laurie Metcalf is amazing. The friend, Julie, was like, she was incredibly compelling. And I feel like if the movie had been about Julie instead of about Lady Bird, it would have made so much more sense because it would have actually been about middle class America. 
Mm. Lady Bird's, um, she like goes to a really expensive liberal arts school at the end of the movie and um, is just upset about how her house isn't fancy looking from the outside. Right. While we see Julie, who lives in a, in a very small apartment and is um, very open about her depression towards the end. And she's just such an incredibly interesting character. She's really talented, as you can tell, but like doesn't think so. Mm. And I thought that she was handled really well. And I just question why we had to see so much of Lady Bird be the same character throughout. I don't know if that was the intention. Like it's supposed to make you um, think about how much you dislike a character or like why you dislike a character. Right. Um, yeah, but I think for for me, I went in not wanting to have a hot take because people have started to think of me as someone who only writes hot takes. And I'm just like, maybe I'm a curmudgeon and I don't like things anymore. Right. Um, but I'm starting to think that um, I just don't like coming of age movies. I've only ever lo- loved one. And I that was Boy by Taika Waititi. I don't know if you've seen mm-hmm. it. Um, and it, it's like it uses surrealist elements and it's really fun and it's not about anything it's it's about very um, um, it's it's not about anything super extraordinary so it's not that it's not about mediocrity but it it's told in an interesting way right. and part of the problem with Lady Bird's um, quote-unquote universal appeal is that it is touted as um one one article called it the antidote to the trump era and i think yeah i think people just wanted to see white people not be crappy Mm. and because lady bird is not political she brings up politics in her discourse there is the background um elements of how she treats her brother and his girlfriend there is the stuff about reproductive rights but it isn't explicitly political and it was probably refreshing for people to see a movie about white people where they weren't um they weren't either supremacists or like, and like that was accepted or they weren't being outed as supremacists. Mm. I don't know if that makes sense, but it was kind of this like middle of the road, sort of like white people can just exist. And it, I don't, that that's why it struck me as white mediocrity because it was touted as some sort of antidote. It's not right. It's just a movie. Right. Yeah. I am. Um, it's funny. I, Cause I, I liked boyhood by Linklater. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed that film. It, my my co-host Gabe said to me we were texting back and forth, and I had asked him if he'd seen Lady Bird. He's like, "No, I I'm, I I made the mistake of seeing Boyhood. I, I'm not doing that again or something." Um, <laughs> but uh, and he said, "You know, it's not for me. It's not my. Uh, it's not made for me." And and to to its credit, I mean, I didn't like it. Uh, my f- good friend didn't like it. Who I saw it with. I found one friend of a friend who didn't like it, but its appeal does seem to be universal. Like I don't like it, but, and you don't like it, but I have lots of friends who are, um, although I have to say, let's see. Well, no. Yeah. I mean, a lot of women of color I know like it, uh, and uh, women of color who I'm friends with and I agree with politically. And I really, I, and, and a lot of people who with my politics, who I, I, I'm used to really hating things with together, liked it. And I felt kind of saddened by that, that we couldn't bond over it. My problem really was just, I didn't like her like I I honestly think that part of it is just that it was a fail like ideology or politics aside with Frances Ha did you see Frances Ha I did okay so Frances Ha for listeners is another movie that is kind of similar but it's with um Greta Gerwig so she didn't direct it she's in it and it's directed by Noah Baumbach who I I really like Um, Greta Gerwig also wrote it she also wrote another coming-of-age movie Mistress America 
didn't see that. But Frances Ha, I thought, was worked because she was what I think um, Lady Bird was supposed to be, the character, which was annoying, cloying, but lovable at the same time. Mm-hmm. Like she, I found endearing and I cared about her and she would drive me crazy, but then I loved her. Whereas Lady Bird, I just, she just drove me crazy and was annoying. I would agree. She was, um, it was this kind of like single-minded pursuit of uniqueness. It was very alienating for yeah. an audience to look at because she just didn't, um, I didn't find her that vulnerable or that maybe interesting that's it. as maybe, a character. Yeah. yeah, maybe it really was like some part of me felt bad. I was like, is this just an, an aesthetic thing? And I don't mean like attractiveness aesthetic, just like I don't click with her. Um, but maybe that is it, what you just said, that it's, it's kind of a lack of believable vulnerability. Like she just, she, or em, I just, yeah, I didn't really have any, she didn't seem very empathetic. And so I didn't have a lot of empathy with her. Yeah, she, yeah, I, I would agree. She, um, there are a few moments where she kind of uh, shows more vulnerability when she pleads with her mother at the kitchen sink and um, at the end of the movie, which seemed even tacked on. Like, mm. it didn't seem like the movie was building towards it. So maybe what sealed the deal for me was all those, the scenes at the end just felt like so many false endings. Totally, yeah, I agree. And I did not see this movie as some sort of... Um, like a love story about Sacramento and it suddenly became Uh, that. And if we're talking about coming of age movies about very sympathetic characters uh, and cities, I think Columbus, which was also released last year, did an excellent job of that. And um, what is that film? It's a movie with uh, John Cho and uh, it's uh, set in Columbus, Indiana. And it's about him and this, um, young teenage woman he becomes kind of friends with mm-hmm. who's a local and she has she's a uh, I think it's the actress's first role um, I forget her name but mm-hmm. she um, but this movie was absolutely amazing because it was so subtle it w- I totally saw it as a movie about the city because we got to see the city right. and in Ladybird, I didn't really see the city that much until the end we did see the houses but right. um like prop, like when you set up a movie with the Joan Didion quote about hedonism in Sac- in California being negated by Sacramento, whatever the quote is, like you expect to see poverty or you expect to see struggle, and while we see the mother like struggling to afford the grocery bills, um, we don't see Lady Bird acknowledging those struggles. Right. Like she, so I think that's where um, my empathy for her kind of dropped off or. Um, interest in her as a character because I saw all the other characters being so vulnerable and interesting and maybe it is the juxtaposition right and I'm not sure if that's like maybe the juxtaposition overrides the style because the style of the movie may be for Ladybird and it's packaged for Ladybird but when we have other characters who are kinder and uh, sweeter I think that is part of the issue right but, yeah. Yeah. You know, and it's it's true because it's like when she was with her best friend, like my friend who I saw was just like, this is what the whole movie should be like her and her best friend, you know, like that was exactly. an interesting I dynamic. Wish I could, yeah. Sorry. I just wish that it was all about that. Mm-hmm. I agree. And maybe there was just too much in there. Like maybe it should have focused on the best friend and her relationship to the best friend right. because there just seemed this it was kind of staccato though like the scenes removed like there were just like so many short scenes right that i didn't know how they added up yeah yeah and yeah. 
I actually thought that I th- I appreciated how some of the class things were dealt with. Uh, like I think that you know you saw her embarrassment, her kind of obliviousness, her her not being appreciative of her parents' struggles. But um, again, you didn't get her pain. Like in other words, I feel like for that to pay off or to be um, um, something that you could empathize with, you had to really feel her her pain. Mm. as opposed to like it was so about appearances but it didn't seem to cover any real pathos i would agree i think um because there are plenty of middle class people and lower middle class people who do feel pain uh, from their um socioeconomic status and it's not like they're unempathetic right and and i'm one of them but it's just how you describe it and how the story is told because it's not like any story is inherently uninteresting. Right. Um, and I think that's the point I want to make with most of the things I do going forward with my own films and my own writing. But I like there, every story can be told in an interesting way. Right. Some stories shouldn't be told. Like I don't really want to hear um, – I don't want Sam Rockwell's character redeemed at the end of three Oh, yeah, that's another thing we can talk about. Yeah. Yeah, but you know, like the movie kind of sat with me well until that point, right? And um, it made me question what the message of the movie is, and but it was also told in a different way, so yeah. it, it probably got a lot more leeway than it would have if it was told in a very straightforward. Like this is a story about like a, a white supremacist bigot who right. um, who finds uh, em- like who becomes empathetic and sympathetic to audiences over time, right? But I guess with Lady, I just w- wanted to see more of an arc. Like it doesn't feel like a coming of age movie. She she's the same at the end. Right. True. Yeah. I mean, also, I I don't know how. I think if I had gone into that theater without having heard about it, um, even if I knew, oh, it's a Francis uh, Greta Gerwig uh, uh, film, and she was in Francis Ha. I feel like if I had just seen it, it would have been a, a good movie. And I, it's not. I don't even think it's a horrible movie. Um, I, I agree. It's yeah. not bad. It's a good it's movie. Context. It's just not a great movie. Yeah, it's a context, right? And like, and also, I want to be clear because lots of people responded to my tweet as if what I meant was the following. Like, I, I, I wasn't saying that I don't want to. You can't make a movie that's not about explicitly about race or that you can't <laughs> make a movie about a white person. Like, I find a lot of these rules about content. Um, like very stupid content and biography, pretty stupid. And and regardless of my feelings about Lena Dunham, um, I, I find the conversation about her very kind of uh, personalized in a not very political way. Like I feel like the way that people talk about her often, it's different now that she became like there, there's been a different discussion based on her kind of public comments and what she said about this, that, the other, or her, her relationship with Hillary Clinton, et cetera. But just before, earlier on just in her t- in her doing girls i felt like there was this weird conversation where the expectation was that she as an individual should have refused to accept you know producing the film or, or having i mean producing the series with hbo until a woman of color got her own show no one said that explicitly but i feel like that was the kind of critique as opposed to there's a systemic problem with who is mm-hmm. able to make shows um so again, I, I guess don't, maybe. Yeah. Do you think that was a reaction to Lena Dunham uh, very eagerly taking on the mantle of the uh, voice of our generation when so many people rejected her art and didn't think she was the voice? Maybe, but I don't know. I mean, I I, I did feel like why didn't we see this with every other 
and I don't think she's I, she's I don't really identify with her brand of feminism obviously um mm-hmm. I do slightly more with her pre-Hillary brand of feminism but that's a I feel like a woman getting a show like that you know we we never hear that about a, a white male uh person getting his next deal uh, I mean, I guess personally, I do <laughs> feel like um, white men shouldn't always get their own shows. But maybe it was her, it was the class, like age sort of thing. Like people felt like she hadn't paid her dues. Yeah. Everything that came to her was definitely her class privilege. Um, and it was elitist. Um, there was a lot of erasure within the stories that she told. Mm-hmm. Like she, um, and she didn't venture into unknown territories. So I felt like, I really didn't like girls and I didn't like it from the beginning and I put myself through two seasons of it so I could justify right. why I didn't like it. Right. And um, I think um, for me, it was more like, it was like class rage. Like there is this person who's making like somewhat okay art, but it's not extraordinary. Right. And she um, got everything. Like she was whatever featured in the New York times when she was a teenager right. because of her parents. And she like, it's just like from, a young age she's been groomed to this and i think that may be more like that for me for me and like people who i like align with i guess in that sort of taste it might be more of like a class thing because it felt like she also didn't earn it and not that there is any way to earn that sort of thing mostly it's luck right uh right and yeah i mean yeah i guess it's it's often luck it's often with like it's often also based on looks so um where mm-hmm. I think that's one of the few things that she somewhat challenges, right? Like she's not yeah. a Hollywood attractive person. Uh, she does, you know, show her body and her body's not the Hollywood attractive body. Um, all of which I, I'm just saying, like, I think that that I she doesn't she's not doesn't strike me as like atypically lucky. Do you know what I mean? Just lucky in different ways from the way that most people make it. But I'm more t- talking about the way that it's about the individual, which I think is like it's easy to fall into that trap, but really the question is also like, you know, what can what can be done so that there are from earlier points even right like more more representation. Um, uh, maybe it gets personal because her persona is what sells. Yeah, right? it's she, she um, she's a big brand. She has been a big brand like her just right. on Instagram and like through the way that she works. Um, I've never thought of Greta Gerwig as a brand. Right. I've like always thought of her as a writer and an artist. And um, if we were to like compare them, I do think that Greta Gerwig's brand of like, she's not a brand, but like Greta Gerwig's version of um, feminism is a little more palatable yeah. to me. And that's why it like, it really flummoxed me that I didn't like Lady Bird because right. I like kind of wanted to like it because she, um, she is, she isn't like an insider. She became, right. Like she, she like worked her way into things, and it felt less like a given that she was going to be famous. Right? No, that's true. Yeah, she was. I don't think she was as connected. Right? I mean, she. Yeah, is... I mean, if this is autobiographical in any way, this she wasn't. Right. Um, yeah. Although, again, like, it's like, and I'm not a Leah Denim, uh, Leah Dunham, Lena Dunham defender at all. Like, I'm, but mm-hmm. I think that there were like two. I from I actually thought Girls was incredibly well done, and that it felt like a documentary, but I didn't want to see it. Like, I think she was very true to her <laughs> life. Um, it just didn't really interest me. And I grew up in New York City in kind of a similar, with similar background to hers. Um, but, you know, I didn't even think about this until we just started talking about it. But it is, like, she, 
it, Greta Ger- Gerwig is definitely talented. I think that Lena Dunham is talented. Again, there's a question, as you said, there's always luck, right? Because there are way too many talented people to fit the small the small number of opportunities that exist. Mm-hmm. But, you know, like Fr- Greta Gerwig is also really classically pretty. Um, and I'm just thinking out loud about this, how like there are different ways of, uh, and I'm not saying that, that she got to where she is because of her looks, um, yeah, but it is interesting in terms of like, okay, well, something's gonna, something has to like, ele- ele- something has to not give, but there has to be something else that, that pushes people to the, besides luck, you know, and it is some of its advantage. And there's not, we don't really have a discussion about like aesthetic advantage, but um, yeah, we do. And that's actually totally racialized too. Um, you know, she's blonde hair, blue eyed, blah, blah, blah. Um, I guess maybe for me, a lot of this, like, um, skepticism of uh lena dunham's um like her just that she's like doing like just her existing or just her making art is good for women is like she like it's if we're talking about limited opportunities then the people who know that there are limited opportunities like women um off like they seem to uphold the structures that create limited opportunities so people like lena dunham when they don't cast people of color unless they're props or right. like stories like when they don't give them agency when they don't ca- like hire them for their crews um uh when the lenny letter stuff happened recently um with the writer who came out with her story like it what it shows is that um these opportunities are limited and if they exist they are only for white women mm, right and it's like it's like it's it's just sad so because it could it, like if we the I I read so, like a obviously um like Simone de Beauvoir she like when she says that like like the patriarchy wouldn't exist if women didn't uphold it sure of course yeah and um that's just, I think it's the same for representation in movies on both sides of the camera and in pop culture so mm. I like with Greta Gerwig it just was like disappointing because I think I may have expected a little more from her than I, I do from someone like Lena Dunham. But mm. that doesn't, like, even if I, like, I could watch Lady Bird without thinking yeah. of it as a Greta Gerwig film, and I would still think it's, like, a good movie, but not a great movie. Right. I was I was reminded, I was tweeting about this, that when I saw Forrest Gump, um, I was in camp. I don't remember if I was a camper or a counselor. Mm. And um, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was like this quirky little movie. And I, when I left camp, I remember a friend of mine was like, oh yeah, it's going to win an Oscar. I'm like, are you kidding? It's not even going to get nominated for an Oscar. Did you see this movie? It's like a cute little whatever. And then sure enough, of course it got nominated, won Oscars. And then at that point I was just like, oh, I can't even like this film as a serious history, like a serious epic of American (laughs) history is awful. And then it becomes scary. I, I, I was, when I was a kid, I saw it and I thought it was like actually historical. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, there are like a lot of dangerous takeaways from it. And again, it's not then this gets into this whole like art super like pretentious uh, discussion about what is art or what is the, you know, is is art the the art in itself or is it how we experience it? Is it based on yeah. the intention? Is it context? Um, is it then the director's, you know, is the director's message to um does the director have a dangerous message about U.S. American history? Is it his fault if people take it more seriously than it should be? Or is that his intention? Blah, blah, blah. But yeah, I think Lady yeah. Bird was kind of doomed by its... Um, by popularity. the What'd you say? By its popularity. Yeah, its popularity. And not just popularity, but like it's over the... I mean, the A.O. Scott's review of it made me like sick to my stomach. It was so saccharine. And it also... 
It was so <laughs> off. Like you said, there were so many false endings to the film. Yeah, like structurally as a film, I don't think it was as successful as people would say it is. Like, I feel like people accuse me of being emotional about the movie, but I think I was like pretty dispassionate when I watched it twice. Yeah. And the second time I was just like taking notes and I like I have like pages of notes with like question marks. Right. Like, why did this happen? Right. And the end of the movie just it seemed even more attacked on in the second watch because I didn't see that coming. It could have ended at like three different points. It could have ended at the, um, is this a spoiler thing? Spoiler alert. It could have ended with um, the mother at the airport. It could have ended with her change, her introducing herself by the right name, but from the wrong city. So she's still like kind of right. into that class stuff. Right. And then it could have ended like when she leaves the church, but that's when it ends, I guess. But she, it just didn't need to have so much tacked on that right. wasn't part of the original. Like it wasn't part of any structure that came before. But I feel like the Golden Globes were just like universally, like not universally. There was like they were largely disappointing. But I've never expected much from award shows. Yeah, same. I don't know who. Yeah, I don't know who's making these decisions. I don't know how three billboards won best drama. Mm. Yeah, I saw that movie. Um, I saw three billboards. I saw Get Out. Um. What else? Um, did you any? Yeah, we sh I should have asked you about three billboards. Um, I mean, yeah. So the white mediocrity comment that I made in my and your piece, as I said again, it's at the week. It's um, was Lady Bird glaring white mediocrity, and mm -hmm. to me, it was just like I. I mean, in terms of like, I can't imagine a person of color being able to get this film made. That's part of the white mediocrity. Um, yeah. I also can't imagine. I just think it was just like so not that great compared to. I actually had a little Twitter debate with my with Shuja Hader, who's been on the show, and he actually really liked it. And I was <laughs> very disappointed. I think I probably <laughs> maybe ruined it for him. I mean, I, I, jet, I kid a little bit, but I had told him how much I disliked it. And I think and, and he he thought he would hate it because of the overwhelming praise. And I like to think because of my you know, trusted opinion, which said it was bad. Um, but he, he liked it. And um, maybe you set the expectations low enough. Exactly. Then, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. Maybe someone should have told me not to like it. And yeah. it would have been fine. I went with three white people and they didn't like it either. <laughs> yeah. That's why. Oh, so you went with people who didn't like it. Yeah. And then I was like, well, maybe it's good and mediocre. And she was just like, it can't be good and mediocre. I'm like, well, maybe it's like, and I, I was like, well, like a film could be a great student film, right? A, a great student film but then just mediocre as a film maybe mm -hmm. i don't know i was just thinking of examples where the I context mean, is, changes it, is it kind of weird that um greta gerwig cast someone who also looks like her see i yeah i mean it was definitely very autobiographical right but i just feel like yeah. she didn't and everyone talked about how great this actress was she's iris and her name is uh sasha ronan i think thank you yeah she's very pretty like she's somewhat she's there's sounds like this turns into such a super conversation on my end not yours she's pretty but like i find greta gerwig's face incredibly appealing like likable like i just want to watch her Mm -hmm. Like Greta Gerwig is like that annoying flighty friend who like you kind of she drives you crazy, but you actually keep quite you want to hang out with her at the same time. Mm -hmm. Whereas um, you mean like France in, in her role as Frances, in Frances Ha? Ha. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Sorry, in her role as Frances Ha. And I think honestly, some of that is just like a, I feel bad because I feel like some of that maybe is just an aesthetic thing about her, like her style, not style, like physical style, but her affect. I don't know. Um, mm -hmm. And this again, this isn't about looks like um the lead of this film is very pretty 
but I didn't I don't find her like pleasant to look at in terms of like personable like I don't find her uh, yeah I don't I don't connect with her kind of I really connected with Julie I yes. like I, I when I rewatched the movie I was just so captivated every time totally, that yeah. uh, that actress the actress was on screen. She was so like she was so good. She like just she just took over the screen like yeah. whenever she had anything to say. And I just felt like there was uh, um I just wish someone was there to call Lady Bird out. Like her mother kind of does it, but her mother's also vilified and um in different ways yeah and it's a really complex relationship and i still think columbus did a much better job of depicting a really complicated mother-daughter relationship that movie had me sobbing in a chair at the end Mm. and i like couldn't get up because it was so sad Mm. and so beautiful and i like i didn't cry during ladybird i was like ready to cry i had like i was like emotional anyway um (laughs) <laughs> that day right. um but i just like the people i were i was with also didn't find it that compelling and they were white and they didn't like i guess so many people want to see like harmless whiteness mm. like they want to see whiteness being okay and right. whiteness not being harmful to other people and ladybird isn't harmful to a lot of people she's harmful to her brother but that's kind of glossed over yeah and maybe she'll be better when she's an adult. <laughs> right. Oh, God. But, great. Can't wait yeah. to see part two. Yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine if they make a part two? No. It's, yeah. um, they might. Um, yeah. But I just find that, like, if Get Out had been nominated as a drama, it would have probably... I don't know if that's an apologist thing, but I don't think that Get Out was a comedy either. No, it wasn't. I mean, yeah. but apparently the, the producers themselves, I heard this, I don't know if this is true, but they thought it was more likely to win that way. I think maybe because the competition was a little right different. Because right. I, I also thought that people would like not like that Dunkirk would win. I didn't love Dunkirk, I didn't see it. but I feel like most people loved it. Yeah, The Shape of Water was oh, my top choice. Yeah, I thought The Shape of Water was excellent. I I love The Shape of Water. It was like I mean a brill. It was like the thing. It it was stunning. I mean it was totally stunning. It was perfect. Great. I loved that. It was like a throwback. Um. But what I did love about Get Out was that it was so kind of non... It was such a uh, mixed genre film. Mm-hmm. And I appreciated how it didn't fit into one particular genre. I do. Yeah, same. And it just felt very not pretentious. I just thought it was like really adventurous and um, like push boundaries, but not in a self-conscious way. Yeah. I mean, it, I, th- I thought it was... Just such a, it was like so beautifully done. Like every scene, every like frame gave me chills. Like it seems so intentional and lovely. Mm. And it it's like a pity that the minute that people, um, the minute that race is ever even brought up, people dismiss it as niche. And yeah. that's what, yeah, it's not a niche film. It's about the reality of living in the U.S. Like that isn't niche. That's, it applies to right. all of it's us. It's not about just black men dating white women or white women who date black men or whatever. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, yeah, that's what works about movies when they're good or any art, right? It's like that could be particular, but you identify with it anyway. Um, yeah. You know what part and- totally... Oh, sorry, I cut you off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, go ahead. No, the part that really gave me chills, this is spoiler alert, but the part that really gave me chills was to hear the rest of my interview with Aditi, as well as a discussion that Gabe and I have about the Golden Globes. Please become Patreon supporter. Patreon.com slash the Katie Helper Show. Again, that's Patreon.com slash the Katie Helper Show. The Katie Helper Show is produced by Florence Burrow Adams with help from Joshua Bregman. Our theme song is by The Ballet.